Christ the divine physician, Christ the doctor of our souls. It is an ancient image, even if it's not as familiar as, say, Christ the good shepherd. But it is an image that I would venture to say can help us understand our readings today. Let's first look at the physician or doctor side of of the equation. You know, we don't talk about medical work this way, but very often doctors and nurses need to cause temporary discomfort or pain in order to in order to either heal or protect our health. Think of a prescription medication with side effects. The doctor believes the benefits of the medicine outweighs whatever difficulties are caused by the side effects. Now, sometimes that's not true. Sometimes the side effects are so bad, the doctor says, well, we got to find another medicine. Or let's take a more dramatic example, surgery. The cut of a surgeon's scalpel, technically, it wounds us. But hopefully, it leads to healing and strength in the long run. Or an even more dramatic example, chemotherapy, which can have a, a wide range of serious side effects. But the hope is that the chemo drug will ultimately cure the patient uh, of the cancer despite the difficulty of the side effects. What is true of physical doctors is also true of Christ, the divine physician. And we see this in our second reading from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. In this passage, St. Paul explains that a thorn in the flesh was given to him, an angel of Satan to beat him, to keep him from being too elated. What exactly was this thorn in the flesh or angel of Satan? St. Paul doesn't say specifically. Scholars have debated it for centuries upon centuries, but the point is this. Whatever suffering uh, Paul was afflicted with, it was an affliction God had permitted. God had allowed in order to bring about a greater good. And Paul, in this case, knows what that good is or was to keep him humble. Christ is here the divine physician treating St. Paul's soul. Think of the thorn that St. Paul speaks of as a surgeon's knife or perhaps chemotherapy. Just as surgery or chemotherapy may cause pain and suffering, yet still heal and strengthen our body, so too the thorn in St. Paul's flesh is something that God is permitting so as to cure St. Paul of his tendency to arrogance and self-absorption. Arrogance and self-absorption, those aren't simply character defects. They are symptoms of a spiritual deadly disease, pride. Pride is what the the Israelites uh, made the Israelites hard-hearted and rebellious, as we heard in our first reading from the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, pride made them unwilling to listen or follow the law of the Lord. Pride is what kept the townspeople of Nazareth from recognizing the divine physician in their midst. And instead, they took offense at Christ because of their pride. Pride is the deadliest of the seven deadly sins. And part of the reason is it's it's a spiritual sin. Most of the sins we commit are through weakness. You know, we know we really shouldn't do something, but just in a moment of weakness, um, you know, we, we... steal something or we lie or fill in the blank with whatever sin. In a moment of weakness, we do something we know we shouldn't. But pride is so deadly because it worms its way even into our strengths and our virtues. Let's use Paul as an example of what I'm talking about. Paul is a man who wrote most of the New Testament. 
founded churches all over the Mediterranean world, a man whose preaching and writing have converted an untold number of people. For a man like Paul, pride could be particularly deadly. If his pride remained unchecked, he could begin to think that all the good he had done was thanks to him, was the result of his natural abilities rather than the grace of God, the grace of God at work through him. The antidote for pride is humility. And so God allowed this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, to afflict Paul as an antidote for pride to humble him. The message that we ought to take away uh, from our second reading is this. When God allows difficulties to plague us, when he allows us to go through suffering and pain and hardships, we ought to see it as the work of Christ, the divine physician. He is curing us. He is allowing those difficulties and working through those hardships like a good doctor with a sharp scalpel or a renowned oncologist with chemotherapy. And he's doing that to form us into the saints he created us to be. You know, that doesn't mean it's a pleasant experience. That knowledge doesn't take away the difficulty. I mean, after all, when St. Paul was confronted by the hardship of, of his thorn in the flesh, what did he do? He begged God to remove this thorn from his life three times. Yet the Lord ultimately said, no. Actually, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. What is that all about? There's a lot we could say. This is a line worth meditating on over and over. But basically, basically the gist is this. Through, through his prayer, St. Paul was led to understand that God was not absent in the midst of his suffering and weakness. Even more than that, God was saying that uh, it's better for Paul to have this thorn in his flesh. For God is able to work through Paul all the more because of his lowliness and weakness. God is glorified and his grace shines through all the more because of Paul's lowliness and weakness. I'll share a, a personal story with everyone here. When I was 22, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Now, eventually I had surgery, chemotherapy, and thanks be to God, my prognosis is good, has been for a long time. But in the immediate aftermath of the diagnosis, I didn't know any of that. I didn't know it would, it would turn out okay. And I remember spending time in prayer, honestly, eventually just asking God to, to cure me, to take this from me. I never heard an audible voice like St. Paul did, but I did come away from those times of prayer with a sense of peace and interior freedom that comes from knowing God is not absent nor aloof in the face of, of our suffering and that he will bring some greater good out of it eventually. I didn't know what that good would be, uh, St. Paul was given that knowledge, but I was, I was not. I think most of us are not. But I did come to a similar conclusion that I simply needed to trust in him and say, thy will be done. That's ultimately what God is saying to St. Paul in the second reading. Trust in me. It is better for you if you have this thorn in your flesh. I'm able to do greater works through you because of it. And so the takeaway for us is this. We need to follow St. Paul's example of taking our difficulties, our weaknesses, our struggles to the Lord in prayer. Whenever we face suffering, we bring it to our Lord. And if we don't receive the answer we want, if we aren't 
cured uh, or our loved one isn't cured or the problem doesn't go away, then I would be willing to bet that we will receive, at the very least, that peace and interior freedom of knowing that the doctor of souls is at work through whatever thorn in the flesh we are suffering from. As we continue with Mass, let's pray that we might have the grace to imitate the trust of St. Paul, that St. Paul shows in our second reading. Let us pray that we might learn the wisdom of the words of the divine physician. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness.